1: like everybody has that one band in say middle school junior high that really formed their musical tastes from that point on mm-hmm. and formed what we listen to as adults mm-hmm. is there that kind of band for you i maybe maybe what were you listening to in like middle school it high it depends
0: school? i i vastly changed I, def- I did too. I definitively remember listening to a lot of Salt and Peppa mm-hmm. and a lot of Lana Smith and then growing into like Tori Amos and Spice Girls. I really like women. <laughs> I just like you're women really into singing. the the Lilith Fair thing. Yeah, but also Spice
1: Girls and also Salt and Pepper. That fits. I, I just would like, say that fits. I like I like I like some boss ass ladies. If only the Lilith Fair kind of expanded to include Salt and Peppa and the Spice Girls. Yeah.
0: Like, it would Lilith still Fair be going and Friends.
1: On. Lilith Fair and Friends. Lilith Fair and Friends. Not with Bobby McFerrin, though. No, fuck That's... Bobby McFerrin. He knows what he did. <laughs> he knows what he did. He does. Well, the band for me that did that was Nirvana. Yes, it was. That's who we're talking about. Hell yeah.
0: Yay For our w- one, w- 100th, 100th episode. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Play some, I'll insert some air horns and music right bam. here. <laughs> oh, I'm just going to throw in Jack jams. Y'all ready for this? Y'all ready for this? Yeah, I am. I am so ready for our next 100 episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Kicking off with a banger. A
1: three part banger. Yeah. About Nirvana. Yeah.
0: Because you know what? I'm calling everybody out. Nobody ever talks about the entirety of Nirvana's they career. Don't.
1: They only talk about Kurt and basically anything that happened to Kurt after Nevermind came out. It's
0: basically Kurt and Courtney.
1: Yeah. Pretty much. Courtney
0: became the unofficial fourth member of Nirvana. Fuck Let's that. be
1: honest. Fuck that. I am not here for that. No, no. None of us are here for that. Yeah. But we're, we're going to do some deep diving. Like,
0: hopefully we Super are going to give diving. you one of the most extensive pieces of nirvana behind the nirvana. Because yeah, you know why?
1: Because we're Maggie and I'm Ashley. <laughs> we're both Maggie. Yeah, we're
0: both Maggie. And, and I'm is, Ashley. And this is
1: Rock Candy <laughs> Podcast.
0: Yeah. we're a mess. You, Already. New year, save us. (laughs) That's the rock Candy guarantee, guys. We aren't changing. I went into this thing and like, all right, we're going to do a little better, a little bit more professional. We're not going to sniff on the mic. I'm going to try to control my shouty mouth. And I think we
1: already broke both of those things. Also, we're not going to drink more than two beers an episode. Nah. Yeah, nah, it's happening. Already brought in a third. Sorry. Guys, this, <laughs> these episodes are going to be intense. Oh, yeah. And they're going to be long. They're going to be fast. They're going to be furious. But they're so, also going to be long. Fucking buckle up because we're going to Vin Diesel all over this shit. Oh,
0: yeah. We are. We're going hard. We are. On these Nirvana episodes.
1: I'm so, all right with that.
0: Yeah. No, I'm I'm insanely curious because I don't know that much. Yeah. Beyond you- the... Kurt and Courtney years. You
1: probably didn't know that one of the names that they chose before they were Nirvana was Bliss,
0: which is also another word for Nirvana. I feel it like. is, yeah.
1: And it's also the name of the beer that we're drinking. Yes, today From... Bliss by Thin Man Brewery. Booey. Twenty twenty still can't say brewery. Brewery.
0: <laughs> booey. It's it's just booey. At this it's point, Bowie. it's always booey. Booey. Because that's easier to say. But normally Thin Man does us wrong. And I
1: wouldn't say they did us right. But I'm not going <laughs> to say they did us wrong either. I mean, they didn't do us right in the sense that this is an IPA and we yeah. don't like IPAs. But they did us right in the sense that it's a pretty decent IPA. It is a palatable
0: IPA. If you are into IPAs, I would suggest this one. Yeah. It's good.
1: I wouldn't call it blissful, but <laughs> it's... <laughs> but it's. I drank the whole thing.
0: She I did. drank my
1: whole can of it. She did. I did. Really and I didn't even her. like squeeze an entire lemon into it. I, know. So. I had a lemon for it too. I, yeah, you did. You offered it. And I said, no, I am drinking them.
0: Yes. <laughs> and we and like, I did it. No, we don't need lemons for this one. This is just fine. 2020. Fuck your lemons. I mean, I'm not going to count them out yet. Yeah. I'm sure this is still the year of the hops. Bruh. Ugh,
1: Straight just- pine cone. <sighs> Pinecone and lactose. Ugh. Is there lactose in this? I don't know. Probably. There's lactose in fucking everything now. Man, I love me some lactose.
0: I'm just going to drink lactose ale.
1: All I can picture is just a cow just squirting milk straight into a glass of beer. W- it's so disgusting. W- and well, I hate milk. Milk is so gross. Well, you ruined lactose beer. Thanks,
0: guys. Thanks, guys. You all did this. And you know what? I would... I would like to, right before we start, Okay, we had a hot take in our last episode about Nirvana that some oh, we people did. may have disagreed with. And they told us about it. And they have told us. We have had a few people say, mm, I don't know about that Dave Grohl being better than Kurt thing. Yeah. Um... And you know what? Like, like, I'm going to rescind my thought of that because- and it's purely because Kurt's dead. <laughs> no, no. Because, like, here's the thing. That's I do think... not a good reason. No, no, no. I think it's a perfectly good reason. Because I think at that time, Kurt and Dave were probably more on equal playing field. I think Dave has gotten better with time. Okay. I don't know if Kurt... Because I thought about it. I don't know if Kurt would have gotten better with time. But I... He will never know. Because there's a part of me that wonders if he would have super self-destructed. If he didn't die.
1: If Kurt had never met Courtney. If Kurt had never gotten addicted to drugs because he met Courtney. um, You're going to hear that a lot,
0: guys. If you are pro-Courtney, don't listen to these episodes.
1: He could have done so many amazing things with his music. And his music would have progressed with him. Right. Um, Technically as an actual musician Dave is better than Kurt but i think he's just what more we, diverse for what for just based on what music we have of Kurt's mm. Dave Grawl is technically a better musician better songwriter i'm not going to say that he was right. i think Kurt was a better songwriter he understood music i think a little bit better than he Dave he knew
0: how to write melodies real good oh
1: he was really fucking good at melodies he was really good at taking all of the gross raunchiness of punk and putting a melody to it yeah and i don't necessarily know if dave knows how to do that dave is really good at other shit right so i don't know and dave dave has the ability or he has the distinction of being a multi-instrumentalist right he's really good at at drums and he's really good at guitar. Yeah so I mean he has that leg up
0: on Kurt. Right. And Foo Fighters the first album was all Dave.
1: All Dave. He I did everything. I don't know if
0: Kurt could have done that, at least not at that time it maybe wouldn't eventually? have
1: it wouldn't it certainly wouldn't have been as polished. It wouldn't have been what, maybe as cohesive. Yeah. It would have been a little bit all over the place and it would have been pretty dirty, I guess. Yeah in a but- way. But hey, people are there for that. Yeah, I mean you you can't it's really hard to take Kurt out of the nineties context. Right. So I have no idea what he would have done in twenty fifteen or twenty twenty or whatever. Right. I have no idea. I can't you know, I can't comment on that part. Yeah, it I sucks. can only comment on what Dave's doing.
0: Yeah. But like but what about Christ? <laughs> Christ is adorable
1: little muffin of a man. Yeah,
0: that's what he is. At- that's the basis job sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes as the basis, your job is to come in and do your thing and be really agreeable. Giant
1: little squeeze muffin. Yeah. I love
0: them. It's just a giant little squeeze muffin. That's, yeah. That's I like That's what that.
1: he is. giant little squeeze muffin. They sell plushies of <laughs> Of Chris, the giant Nova little selling, squeeze And muffin. they
0: just call it the giant little squeeze muffin. <laughs> Here for that. <laughs> Oh, sometimes it's just the basis job to be the giant little squeeze muffin.
1: Yep. He was good at it. Yep. He was the first. Yep. Might be the last. Actually
0: both okay. of us both of us I think our favorite bands, because last year I did Queen. And John Deacon was definitely the giant little squeeze muffin of Queen. Like I'm just gonna come in and be agreeable. Yeah. And I have things to contribute, but I don't need the praise for it. Yeah,
1: if you don't want to use it
0: all right, Oh, Freddie cool. died, I'm not gonna do music anymore.
1: Wow, the parallels between our favorite bands. Well, no, Chris still did music oh. afterwards. It just wasn't on the level of foo fighters. Oh,
0: <laughs> Oh, all right. So I guess that's that's a little taste. That's a little
1: little preview for yeah. two episodes. Two from episodes now. from now, we'll get to that. Oh, quite a while from now. Oof. But anyway, let's get into this because it's going to be long enough. Right. 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 So may as well fucking start. Let's do this. You all ready for this? By the early '90s, rock was all but dead. Hair metal was fading out, and pop was kind of all over the place. Modern country had Billboard in a full Nelson and wasn't letting go. And Gen Xers were searching for something they could hold on to, and Top 40 wasn't cutting it. Rock fans desperately wanted something new to bring the genre back to life. Mm -hmm. Enter Nirvana. Yup. Nirvana was first and foremost the brainchild of frontman Kurt Cobain. Young Kurt was obsessed with being in a band, even if he didn't really even know how to play any instruments. He knew his fate, but he probably didn't know all the bullshit he'd have to go through to get there. And after he got there as well. And after. Even worse. (laughs) Even worse. Woof. Yeah. On February 20th, 1967, Kurt Donald Cobain was born to Wendy Freidenberg and Donald Cobain in the small city or large town of Aberdeen, (laughs) Washington. (laughs) Depends on who you ask. Depends on how you look at it, honestly. Aberdeen was either a good or a bad place to grow up, depending on how you looked at it. It was a dreary, working-class town, and lumber was its biggest industry until it wasn't. As soon as the lumber industry moved out of the town, drugs and unemployment moved in. Sounds about right. Most of Aberdeen's residents were lower-class, blue-collar, and white, and if they didn't have a drug problem, then they had an alcohol problem. Kurt's family was no different. Although neither Wendy nor Don had drug or drinking issues, they did struggle to put food on the table for Kurt and his younger sister, Kim. Despite their financial woes, Kurt's childhood was comparatively good. Kurt himself even noted that he was an extremely happy child. He was a mama's boy, too. Aww. She described him as a happy child, always smiling and playing, and an exceptionally smart and perceptive little kid.
0: Oh, I picture baby Kurt being real cute. Being so, a good kid. Like, he'd be one of those kids that I'd seem like, my ovaries work
1: properly. <laughs> so... I d- a lot of my research came from um, so I've had this book called uh, "Come as You Are: The Story of Nirvana" by Michael Azarad, mm-hmm. literally since 1997. Wow! And I've read it like five or six times. This is probably like the seventh time I've read it. Wow! Do so I've used that as most of my research. Granted, <laughs> my copy is a bit out of date. I think he's had a couple chapters added to it oh, in that's newer cool. editions. Um, so I would like to get my hands on that someday. But um that and a documentary called Montage of Heck that came out in two thousand and fifteen, mm-hmm. I think, were my primary sources. And Montage of Heck is fantastic. I believe you've told me to watch Montage of Heck. Yeah. It's it it's a punch in the gut because Ooh. it's a it's not so much interviewing people that he, like band members or Courtney or whatever. It was mostly playing his own recordings that he oh. has made. And some of the recordings are him just retelling like certain incidences in his life mm-hmm. and they did like an a really cool animation oh. to go along with it. It's really good. Okay. And it's a lot of his drawings, too. He, did a lot of drawings that are very reminiscent of Daniel Johnston. Yes, and in the same style, same kind of hu- weird humor. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's a lot of parallels between him and Daniel Daniel Johnston. Also, he he is kind of credited as bringing Daniel Johnston to the forefront, right? Because he He's wore one fan. of his he wore yep. one of his hi how are you shirts a lot, mm-hmm. so people were like, "What's that shirt?" And he would tell people. Let me tell you about this guy. But the reason that I brought up Montage of Heck was because it has a lot of home videos of him as a kid. And he was a fucking adorable child. Yeah. Like, I don't even like kids. And I'm like, that motherfucker is so cute.
0: <laughs> I just want to pinch his cheeks. Right? You're like, I'd hang out with that, like, parent, those parents of that kid. Yeah. Like, if they were my friends, I'm like, you can bring your kid around. He's totally yeah. cool.
1: He's super cool. He's like feeding a fucking cracker to a fake turtle. I want to just squeeze him. Yep. He's wearing knee socks. He's adorable. Yep. Look at this little look
0: at this little turd. He's so cute. <laughs> this
1: goddamn turd. He's adorable.
0: That those are those are high praise from us.
1: It is. It really is. We call your kid a
0: little turd. That means we like him.
1: Yeah. And it was also kind of sad. Like, I cried a couple times. It was... Yeah, it's It's a, it's a fucking sad story. It's a story. fucking downer, man. Especially to say, like, he was a happy kid.
0: What the fuck happened?
1: <laughs> we'll get to that in further episodes. Yeah. Previews. Kurt's artistic ability was prevalent at a young age. He loved to draw mostly comic book characters and cartoons like Donald Duck. But he was never satisfied with his work. Did he like Donald Duck because that was his dad's name and his middle name? Might might have been. Probably. Probably. As opposed to Daffy Duck? Yeah. Like, fuck Daffy. (laughs) What about Donald? Donald? He's so angry. (laughs) He gets me, man. (laughs) The adults in his life threw heaps of praise on the budding artist, but Kurt was overly critical of himself and usually tossed aside his drawings in disgust. This is a thing that would happen throughout his entire life. Yup. Music also interested Kurt, which wasn't a surprise as his family was filled with musical talents. Wendy's brother Chuck played in a band called the Beachcombers, and her sister Mary was always involved in one band or another. Nice. He even had a great uncle that was an Irish tenor that rubbed elbows with Hollywood's television stars. Ooh, ooh! He hung out with Tonto a lot from they, Lone Ranger.
0: They literally went to parties and just rubbed elbows. Together. Literally. Hey, how hey, you doing? Hey, hey. Give, give me that elbow. Give me that elbow. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what Hollywood stars do. Give right? me that elbow. Yeah. <laughs> give me that elbow. See.
1: By the time he was two years old, Kurt would sing to anyone that would listen. Aww. Aunt Mary gave him a bass drum when he was seven, and he could be found marching up and down the street with the drum around his neck, wearing his dad's shoes and hunting hat, banging along to Revolution and Hey Jude by the Beatles. Shut the fuck up. That's so cute. That's adorable. Again, making my ovaries work.
0: <laughs> be like, God I'd damn have a it. Kid if my kid was going to be that cute. Yeah. Yeah, but there's no guarantee. No, there's no guarantees.
1: Aunt Mary was a pretty big musical influence on young Kurt. Aside from the bass drum, she gave him records by the Beatles and the Monkees and let him watch her band practice every week. That's so
0: cool. She's such a cool She's aunt. She's such a cool
1: aunt. She's like the cool aunt that doesn't have any kids and just like See, gives you all the awesome presents for Christmas.
0: Right? Like I'm totally like prime now to be cool aunt, but yeah. my niece and nephews are all grown up basically.
1: Yeah, they're not that much younger than you. (laughs) Yeah, they really
0: aren't. Weird age gaps in the family. Yeah.
1: Kurt soaked up everything that Aunt Mary let him do, and even took drum lessons in third grade. He liked the guitar, too, but drums were his first love. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Though he bopped around the house strumming a plastic toy guitar, it was nearly impossible to get him to sit down and learn to play a real one. That's fair. It's hard. Yeah. (laughs) Playing guitar is hard, even if it's a plastic one. Wendy said he was, quote, overly excitable, which prompted doctors to put Kurt on Ritalin. Ugh. Yeah. Come on. ADHD drugs like Ritalin are supposed to even hyperactive kids out. However, it worked the opposite way with Kurt.
0: Probably because he didn't actually have ADHD. He was
1: just a fucking kid. Because you know what it does to people who don't have ADHD? Hypes him the fuck up. Exactly. He'd be awake until the wee hours of the morning and then falling asleep in school. Aww. So, yeah, it worked. It didn't work because he probably didn't have ADHD. Cool. He's just a tired mom that didn't want to take care of her kid. It
0: happens. Anyway. It
1: happens. Eventually, they figured out his ADHD could be controlled through diet. So Kurt's first bout with drugs was successfully thwarted. Good. Like many Generation Xers, Kurt came from a broken family. Oh. In 1975, when he was eight years old, his parents divorced and turned his entire world upside down. Mm. It was a bitter divorce, and Wendy and Don unfortunately used their kids against each other. Oh. This turned the happy-go-lucky kid into a sullen, angry, and introverted one nearly overnight. Yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. After the divorce, Don moved to nearby Montesano, and Wendy started dating again. Kurt stayed with Wendy after the the divorce, but it was soon apparent that things were not working out. He acted out aggressively, lashing out in anger at his mother, locking his babysitters out of the house, and being a little shit in general. Oh no, you turned this
0: really great kid into a little shit. You yeah. fucked up. You've... You turned the little turd into a little shit.
1: <laughs> There's, There's a, a big, big difference. difference. Fuck! Big difference. <laughs> Way to go, Kurt's parents. <laughs> Thanks, Wendy and Don. <laughs> Wendy and Don would do that. Yeah. Wendy couldn't control him anymore, so she sent him to live with his dad. Only a year later, Oof. at first, things with Don were great. They'd oh. hang out and have fun together, just father and son. But then Don remarried in 1978, oh, and no. his new wife and her two kids moved in. Kurt did not get along with them at all, and soon enough, he was acting out again. Oh no! You fucked up your kid, Wendy I and Don. Him up. He skipped school, refused to do chores, and was generally a mean kid. He even Aww. picked on his younger step-siblings. That's not to say he was the only one at fault here. From the sounds of it, Don was a fucking asshole. Probably. He never accepted Kurt's predilection for art and music, wishing instead for him to play sports and be a jock.
0: Sports. Sports. Pigskin. Toss it. <laughs> Son, toss the pigskin.
1: Toss the pigskin. <laughs> what? What? What is I don't have a pig. Football. (laughs) Uh, Kurt just wanted to fit into his family, but he simply didn't. Now that Don was remarried and had a new family, Kurt felt like there was no room for him anymore. He bounced around from relative to relative, living with four sets of aunts and uncles and his grandparents within one year. Holy moly. What? Yeah, but he would quickly wear out his welcome and end up back at his dad's house. To Kurt, everyone was rejecting him.
0: Oh, I mean, it's like yes and no. I mean, I don't know what is he like—high schoolish at this point, middle school? Yeah,
1: like you know, junior high, early yeah, high school. Like
0: that's okay. First of all, shitty time, very shitty time. I would never go back to middle school. That fucking sucked. Yeah. But secondly, you don't have a good adult who's just like. You need an an adult who's going to focus on you for a little bit and kind of guide you. And none of the adults in his life wanted any of that.
1: Right. So he felt rejected by everyone. Felt rejected at school because he didn't fit in anywhere. And he kind of hated just everybody. Yeah. But at the same time, Kurt had a really bad attitude towards everything. Yeah, that's fair. But how can you blame him? No. You know? was I mean, a kid
0: whose parents just basically kept tossing him aside.
1: It's just a fucking circle jerk. Like, his family kept rejecting him, so he would act out and be a little asshole, which would make his family reject him more. Right. Which made him act out more. So it was just, like, this constant cycle of bullshit. But what about Cool Aunt Mary? Cool Aunt Mary, her shit was tested a lot by him, too, because at this point, it was, like, learned behavior. He didn't want to do anything when he was at home. He wouldn't contribute at all to mm. any family that he was living with. So eventually they were like, well, if you're not going to help out around the house, then get the fuck out. That's you're not even my kid anyway. So, one good thing that came out of Kurt's time with Don was his discovery of rock music. Oh, okay. Don was also seduced by that sweet 10 albums for a penny deal of Columbia House. Hell. How? Yeah, (laughs) Don. He knew something about it, but he never opened any of the fucking albums he got. He would just get
0: albums and leave them Yeah, he would just
1: get them and leave them. That's dumb. But Kurt took advantage of it. And and Kurt started hanging out with a bunch of stoner kids that raided his dad's house on a regular basis. Nice. And they would play his collection of Aerosmith and Led Zeppelin albums that he never fucking opened. All right.
0: Yeah. That's that's his fuck up.
1: Don, if you're just going to let him sit there. They're just collecting dust. Kids are going to fucking listen to him. Don's a hoarder. Might be. Right? Who else gets that fucking deal and doesn't open any oh my God, of my the music? dad got
0: Columbia House, so you know what my dad is? A hoarder.
1: Yeah. Did he listen to any of them? Yeah. well at least he did that. Yeah, he's got that overton.
0: <laughs> Good job dad. Good Proud job. Of you.
1: <laughs> After that, Kurt became just a stoner and a troublemaker. Vandalism was a high priority as well as skipping school and getting high. When he actually was home at Don's house, he locked himself away in his basement bedroom, listening to music, smoking pot, practicing guitar, and trying to sing. That's me in high school. 100% yep. except no pot. Yep.
0: I was terrible. I actually was, was usually practicing piano and trying to sing. And listening to music, and I lock. I couldn't lock my door, but I was like, "Man, don't leave me in here. <laughs> Just leave me alone." We hang up all my posters from the Circus
1: Magazine. <laughs> I got a letter published in Circus Magazine Ooh, once. Yeah, <laughs> I was defending Nirvana by oh <laughs> from God. some other person that wrote in and like bashed them, and I'm like, "You're wrong. I You're probably,
0: stupid." I
1: probably read that and I was like, "She's right." <laughs>
0: He was stupid. Because you're
1: ripping all of the pictures of Silverchair out. I'm like, Daniel Johns is so cute. Yeah. And corn and,
0: and look, this Look, I wasn't oh, proud of my childhood. Man.
1: It's fine. But it it's what we did. It's what we did. At this point, Kurt knew that punk rock existed, and he liked its as- aesthetics, but he didn't know what it sounded like. He just knew that he loved it. He just huh. couldn't get his hands on, like, any of the... Music. His dad wouldn't let him like get in like just one CD on that Columbia House deal. I mean, do you really think the dead Kennedys or something were on that Columbia House deal? I don't know. Maybe the clash. Maybe probably the clash. Maybe. Probably. Yeah. I'd make an but argument like, for the clash. But like not black flag. Oh no. Black flag was not on More the like Columbia Bad House Brains. deal. Yeah, they were not. No. Nope. But at least the clash. You would think, huh. I, I would. I would imagine there would at least be some new waves. Did anyone? Did anyone listening do
0: Columbia House in the eighties? <laughs> yeah, right in. Tell us, like early eighties.
1: Yeah, early eighties. eighty early one. Yeah. Whether he knew it or not, he had the punk, punk attitude down cold. Yeah. Don had enough of it, and when Kurt was in eighth grade, he brought him back to his mom's to live permanently.
0: Damn.
1: And it was a jarring experience. Compared to Montesano, Aberdeen was the big city. Mind you, Aberdeen only had like around 16,000 residents. And it's probably still economically depressed, I imagine. I think it's doing better than it was doing in the 70s and 80s.
0: Well, no, but at this
1: point when it oh, yeah, was yeah. brought
0: over. So I mean, it's a big city
1: that's economically depressed. It is. It was economically depressed compared to other bigger cities. Mm-hmm. In the area, but it wasn't doing too bad. Okay. It was just, it just had the typical fucking Washington Twin Peaksy kind of vibe to it. Everything's covered in mud. It's dreary. It gets a shit ton yeah. of rain. Yeah. All you right. Know? Yep. So it never really looked pretty. That's I fair. Guess. That's fair. Yeah. Going to school was rough for a shy, pissed off kid that didn't fit in anywhere. Mm-hmm. He was a self-proclaimed outcast, however, he did force himself to hang out with people he didn't particularly like, just to say he had friends. Oh! But by his sophomore year of high school, he started to make real friends he could stand to be around. Oh, good for him. Don forced Kurt to join a Little League baseball team, despite Kurt's many protests. <laughs> He was going to play sports, sports, sports Sports sports. ball. There's also a really good story about how Don forced him to join the wrestling team. Stop it. And he wasn't bad at it. Oh, but when the championship thing came around just to be a fucking dick, Kurt stood on the mat and stared at his dad. (gasps) And as soon as they said, go or whatever, he just stood there and stared at his dad as the other, as his opponent, just fucking pile drived him and pinned <gasps> him. The whole time he's just staring at his dad, like, "Yeah, fuck you, bitch." I oh, just threw this shit. whole thing. His dad was so mad. Good for him, so mad. It's like this is what happens when you force your kid to play sports and they don't fucking want to. There you go. If your kids want to play music, let them play music. Just let him fucking sit in his room and be pissed off and jerk off. And smoke pot and, yeah, like, do just whatever. and pot and jerking off. That's let, all him he's doing. Do let him do that. It's fine. It. If that's what he wants to do. As long as he has friends and he ain't hurting nobody, it's fine. I mean, just think. Maybe one day he'll have his own podcast. Because <laughs> that's right? all
0: he's going to fucking yep. do. <laughs> I mean, if your kids lock themselves in their room all day, one day
1: they might have their own, <laughs> own podcast. One day they might have a borderline alcohol problem and their own have, uh, have a podcast.
0: It's fine. Just let them listen to music and masturbate and smoke pot in their room. Yeah. It's fine.
1: They're having a good time. They're, They're out of can... your hair. It's fine. Right? They're not bugging you, are they? <laughs> so he joined this fucking Little League team. And he was just a bench warmer. Keeping that seat cozy with him was a kid named Matt Lucan. Hmm. The two became friends. And once Kurt even sat in on Matt's bands practices. Bands practices. practices. <laughs> the band, called the Melvins, was led by a guy named Buzz Osborne, whom Kurt hung out with off and on throughout high school. That's a fantastic name. It's a real good name. That's a good name. His parents got it right. Yeah. I'm not sure that's his real name, but it could be a nickname. I'm still here for it. I'm sorry I didn't do a whole lot of deep diving into the Melvins. Oh, no. Buzz was the guy that actually showed Kurt what punk sounded like after he made him a mixtape that included bands like Bad Brains and Black Flag. Oh, the ones that aren't on Columbia House. Yes. (laughs) Kurt instantly fell in love with it. The Melvins were legit. By now in 1985, they were one of the only bands in Aberdeen to play bigger cities like Seattle. Mm -hmm. They had a heavy sound that was this weird mix of hardcore punk and heavy metal, Which gave them the distinction of being the forefathers of grunge. Yup. Kurt soaked it up, even volunteering to haul their gear to gigs for them just to be around them.
0: Oh, look at that! Kurt's made friends, but also became a lackey.
1: Yeah, but he was okay with it. Oh no! Like,
0: here's the thing: Kurt's only going
1: to be a lackey if he wants to. Right. It's his choice. Respect. Eventually, music consumed Kurt. He wanted nothing else but to be in a band. Conventional school certainly wasn't going to help him with music, so he quit only a few weeks short of graduation. Just graduate. Just fucking do it. Just
0: fucking graduate. Yeah. God, it doesn't make you look cool because you know what? You're gonna get in your like your mid twenties being I should have just finished those couple weeks,
1: and there could be more to it than that. He probably had a shit ton of stuff he would have had to make up in summer school and would' have been dragged out and blah blah blah, and he probably was too lazy to do it all
0: right, that's fair too,
1: because if there is one thing that Kurt Cobain was before Nir- Nirvana really took off, mm-hmm. it was fucking lazy, <laughs> holy shit was this guy. Lazy as fuck. Kurt Lazy Pants cocaine. Seriously.
0: (laughs) Except he he helped his friends the Melvins. He lugged their shit around.
1: Yeah, but that's because he wanted to do that. Mm, If he didn't want to do it, he didn't fucking do it.
0: I don't want to. Don't make me do stuff. You
1: do it.
0: (laughs) Kurt, you do (laughs) it. Cocaine. Cocaine? Cocaine? (laughs)
1: Kurt, you do it. Cocaine. Cocaine. Yep. Okay.
0: Yep. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, cocaine wasn't his drug.
1: It was a little bit. Oh, a little bit. I'll I'll get to. We'll it. get to that. Um, but yeah, Wendy wasn't happy that he dropped out, and she. You aven- don't
0: say. <laughs>
1: his mom, mom wasn't pleased as punch that her
0: son dropped out
1: of high school <laughs> weeks before With graduation. No job, no prospects, no giant career looming overhead. Nothing. He just wanted to maybe kind of be around bands. He just wanted to. Masturbate, listen to music all
0: day. <laughs> and help lug around instruments. Exactly.
1: But I mean, not like, all at the same time. That big, strong masturbating head needs to be used for something. <laughs> right. get, he's really good at pushing amps with that with that hand.
0: <laughs> this looks like a big, strong hand, doesn't it? <laughs> Just, the
1: Just the one.
0: Just the one. I don't know. Maybe he was ambidextrous.
1: I shouldn't he make assumptions. He actually was ambidextrous. Then he had big, strong hands. Both of them. Both of them. But yeah, Wendy kicked him out of the house when he failed to become a real adult after dropping out of high school.
0: Whatever, he's like 18 at this point, right? Yeah, Yeah, fuck it. You know what? Do it. Just get the fuck out of there. Just get the
1: fuck out. Pork chop sandwich your ass (laughs) out of there. He done running out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Kurt and his friend Jesse Reed got an apartment together in Aberdeen in mid-1985. He also got a job as a janitor at his old school, Aberdeen High, which was probably pretty humbling. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, stop it. God, I hope it was like an after hours gig because no. Oof. That I would not have been able to to do that. No. No, I can't believe he did. Yeah. Calling the apartment they lived in a pigsty would be a compliment. Ooh. Kurt and Jesse were living in total filth, but that didn't stop anyone from partying there. Well, you
0: party at a filthy house. Yeah,
1: because you don't give a shit about making it dirty. Mm -hmm. Eventually, Kurt lost his job, Jesse moved out, and he couldn't afford the rent anymore. Within five months of leaving his childhood home, Kurt was homeless. Oh, no. He couch surfed, sometimes even snuck into Wendy's house to catch some Z's in the attic while she was at work, and sometimes he would crash under the North Aberdeen Bridge, despite the danger that came with. Holy shit. Holy shit. During the shaky time, Kurt befriended a drug dealer named Grunt. Yes, Grunt. Was it,
0: hey Grunt, or was it hey? Uh, 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 hey, uh, hey, uh, give he me some drugs. Uh.
1: He just walked up to go. Uh. <laughs> he probably had people do that a lot and got really sick of it. <laughs> he
0: was like, excuse me excuse me it's
1: pronounced grunt <laughs> my name is grunt
0: and i would prefer it if you would say it properly yes let me fix my monocle flourish, flourish the, the pinky, pinky. <laughs> fuck disrespect grunt you, you know he. Yeah.
1: no but he... no no fuck grunt oh. and i'm gonna tell you why oh shit okay. fuck fucking grunt by now, Kurt had graduated from simple marijuana to coke acid and other psychedelics. Oh, here's the cocaine. He would do pretty much any drug, and Grunt was the guy to supply them. And Grunt started selling him Percodan, which is a prescription opiate. Oh no! Go unbeknownst, fuck yeah, unbeknownst to Kurt, Percodan is quite addictive. Eventually, Grunt's supply ran out, so he provided Kurt with the next best thing. Mm. Heroin. First heroin of 2020.
0: 2020.
1: (laughs) I mean, we have been like two months without heroin incident. It's been too long. But now there's going to be three fucking episodes in a row of all heroin all the time. Like, this is it, guys.
0: You asked for it. Actually, I don't know if you did, but you're Nobody asked
1: for heroin. (laughs) Well, Well, Kurt did. Kurt certainly did. Kurt managed to not get addicted to heroin. That would come a few years later. Wow. But this was his first run in with street opiates and he really liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Most people do. Yeah. Though he was homeless, unemployed, mostly by choice and a total stoner, Kurt was still determined to form his own band. Wow. There was this one dude that hung around with the Melvins entourage that Kurt knew played bass and set himself on recruiting him for a band. But we will get to who that is. Right after this commercial break. Because we need some beers. Indeed. And you do
0: too. You come back now. <laughs> you hear? <here.
1: laughs> Alright, we're back. And we are back. So this dude that Kurt wanted to recruit for a band... Mm-hmm. This six foot seven goofy motherfucker. He's six seven? He is se- six, sex seven. He is. Honestly, six... though. Yeah. You of. that tall?
0: You sex seven at that point. He was
1: fucking adorable. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Yep. By the mm. way, his name is Chris Novoselic. <laughs> yeah. Here for it. Yeah. No, he was adorable back in the day. He's still cute. No, he's still attractive. He's so cute. Yeah. And yeah, he's six no, foot he fucking still, seven. You can
0: still get it. I'd still give it to him. (laughs) Six foot seven. (laughs) Six foot
1: seven. Anyway, this Chris Novoselic guy, he wasn't so interested in starting a band with Kurt. Huh. Yeah, he played bass and he liked it, but he just wasn't sold on Kurt's vision. And even though the two went to Aberdeen High together and ran with the same circle, they didn't really know each other that well. It seemed like Kurt admired Chris from afar, Aww. but Chris didn't pay much mind to Kurt. Aww, so it Oh, Senpai, was, notice me. Yeah, it was definitely an unrequited friend-like at this point. Yo,
0: but we've all had that where you, oh, like, yeah. friend crush on someone. You're like,
1: you're really fucking cool and I want to be your friend. Be my friend. But also I'm too intimidated by your awesomeness to, right? like, hang out with you.
0: You are clearly way too cool to hang out with me. And then they yeah. hang out with you and you're like,
1: Senpai noticed me. <laughs> Yay! You were BFS. Christ Anthony Novoselic. And yes, his first name is Christ, not yes. Chris as in Christopher. It's just Chris. Christ. Christ.
0: His, he was his family was like, We wanna go halfway with this. <laughs> not Chris. Not Christopher. Christ. Not Christ. Just Christ. Yes.
1: Yeah. He was born in Compton, California on May 16th, 1965, and was raised in nearby Gardena. His parents, Christo and Maria, were Croatian immigrants that settled in California and built a nice life for Christ and his younger siblings, Robert and Diana. That's nice. Maria was a homemaker turned hair stylist, and Christo got a job as a truck driver for Sparklet's Water Company. Ooh. Fancy.
0: The most bougie middle class people I've ever yes, heard and of. In their fucking water.
1: <laughs> Sparkling water. <laughs> they lived modestly, but Chris and his brother were little troublemakers. Yeah, Minor vandalism was their forte, which often <laughs> resulted in a whooping from their dad. Yeah. salt checks. was. Swiss- when corporal punishment was still okay, yep, yep.
0: Like I'm gonna give you a whoopin.
1: a whoopin.
0: Although I'm sure some kids do still get a little whoopins, so and nobody talks about it.
1: Probably in Aberdeen, I'm sure. Yeah,
0: only in Aberdeen.
1: <laughs> only in Aberdeen. Do your kids still get a whooping? Oh Can we make a terrible s- slogan? That? <laughs> <laughs> don't don't do that. No, don't do that. Eventually property rates in California became too much for the Novacelic family to afford. In 1979 when Christ was, Christ was 14, the Novacelic moved to Aberdeen, where there was a growing Croatian immigrant community. Interesting. right? Of huh. all the places. All I right? I, I
0: guess. Because like Croatia's pretty beautiful. And I'm not saying Aberdeen isn't beautiful in its own
1: way, but I feel like it's beautiful in a different way. Yeah. I really don't know any Croatian history, but I do believe that there was a lot of turmoil going on. Oh,
0: the Serbo-Croatian War was a fuck. Yeah,
1: so yeah, I'm sure people were just oh, fleeing getting to wherever out the of fuck there. they That's can go. Fair.
0: All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were pork chop sandwiching their way out of there for oh, sure. For
1: sure, that shit was on fire. No, literally literally on (laughs) fire it was it was not great Christo found work at a lumber mill bought a nice house for much less money than they could in California and the family settled in Chris however wasn't so happy about the move he hated Aberdeen Compared to sunny California, the Washington town was dark, damp, dreary, and covered in mud.
0: It was like he was like Bella from Twilight. And he's oh like, God. I don't want to be here. And then he meets this beautiful vampire named Kurt Cobain that <laughs> sparkles in this. Oh my God. I am rewriting Twilight fanfiction. We have to do this. Can we start a live journal? Yup. <laughs> and do this fanfiction? Oh, yeah. We're doing it. I just love the idea that Bella is Chris. <laughs> yeah, of course Bella's <laughs> And Kurt is Christ. the <laughs> fucking vampire. This <laughs> checks so hard.
1: This is fantastic. Dave Gold's you know the what? werewolf.
0: I think they would be really into this.
1: Yeah. I think they would be
0: here for it, 100%. <laughs> and we
1: can totally pitch this as a Netflix TV series.
0: <laughs> and we would get it. Because at this point, I think they're just giving it to anybody. Yeah,
1: pretty mm-hmm. much. They have enough money. They can they throw it They the out. money. They, can, got, they got the money. They put it
0: on a flop. It's fine. This might go Fifty Shades of Grey. We don't know.
1: You never know. You never know. This is Fifty Shades of Grey meets Twin Peaks meets The Witcher. It's going to be great. Oh, my God. Actually, hold on. Can we do this?
0: This sounds fantastic. Sorry, guys. We're leaving the podcast. we got to go write a script. We
1: have to go pitch some shit to Netflix oh for a hot God. second. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Okay, let's go on to the real story. Yes, yes, sorry. To make matters worse, school was hell. Chris didn't fit in, he didn't play sports, and kids made fun of him for being so tall and awkward. Um, go fuck yourselves, because like in five years, that's going to be hot as fuck. Yeah, you don't even know. You don't even fucking know. And also, he had a severe underbite. Oh, stop. Poor, poor sweetie. God damn it.
0: Yeah. Can he get cuter? (laughs) Can he get cuter? I mean, he said he looked like Jay Leno,
1: like a really tall
0: Jay Leno. All right, never mind. That got, that really turned down for what? Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: (sighs) He took solace in music, listening to Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, and other rock bands he could relate to. Fair. But music didn't solve anything, and soon Chris was dealing with real depression. His parents became so worried about him that they sent him to live with relatives in Croatia for a year in 1980. Wow. Wow. Oddly enough, this was where he discovered punk rock. Somehow it's easier to get your hands on punk in Croatia than it was on the west coast of the United States. Europe. Europe.
0: I'm going to chalk it up to Europe.
1: After returning home, Chris continued to rebel and turned to drinking and partying to ease his mind. He also got deep into punk, going to shows in Seattle and mingling with the local scene around Aberdeen. One day, Robert brought his friend Kurt Cobain around the Novoselic house to hang out. Chris was in his room, blasting hysteria. When Chris asked what the hell the noise was, Robert said, oh, that's my brother, Chris. He listens to punk rock. Oh, and Kurt made a mental note to befriend the brother upstairs. Yeah, that's that's how you do that. Like, I'm going to go be friends with that guy.
0: He's cool. I just can't can't let him see me in the sunlight. He'll see me sparkle. I kill him. See me high cocaine. Then he'll see me sparkle. He's just gonna brood, brood a lot. Put his hair like, in front of his face. Chris is like, why does this guy stare at me all the time? It's so weird.
1: The fuck, guys! This fan fiction writes itself. It's great. It just rolls off the tongue. It's like it's so easy. It's like poetry. <laughs> <laughs> oh goddammit. damn it. Yep. Yeah. Chris graduated in 1983, and that same year his parents divorced. Even though he was older at the time, the divorce still affected him a lot. And making matters worse, that year he had corrective surgery on his over- underbite. Excuse me. I wrote overbite. It is an underbite. It was certainly
0: an underbite, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. Indeed it was. And that caused him a lot of pain. And he had his jaw wired, wired shut, shut for six weeks. Yeah. Oh. That didn't stop him from partying till he puked, though. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. He puked. Through his wired shut jaw. Yep. But his diet was mostly liquid foods, so he wasn't, like, barfing up chunks. No. But... It's still vomit. He, he still carried a pair of wire cutters with him just in case he had to clip the wires to get the barf <gasps> out. This is hardcore partying, <gasps> the likes of which I have never heard of before. Nope. And I don't know if and they were in high school. I don't
0: know if this is mid thirties Maggie talking, but like no, but what are you doing? That's where the line gets drawn. This is so
1: irresponsible. I also just
0: have a thing with teeth; they scare me. Don't fuck with your teeth, guys. Don't fuck with your teeth. Okay, (laughs) that sounds like
1: fucking with. Oh my god. Yeah, I I wouldn't do that. He vomited in his (laughs) wired shut jaw. Yeah, that's how people die. That is how people die. That's how people die. Fuck. Anyway. By 1985, Chris had a job as a painter and moved in with his girlfriend, Shelley in a ramshackle apartment in Aberdeen. Kurt had essentially been courting Chris to start a band with him <laughs> for a while, but Chris would put him off just to start up random bands with various members of the Melvins and their friends that never lasted more than a few gigs. Chris had always been politically outspoken, which got him into trouble at parties a lot. Huh. He was even threatened to have his throat slit by conservative quote-unquote rednecks, as oh. they called the Republican townies, at a party after he started talking about socialism. Oh. Yeah. Eventually, Kristen Shelley became tired of the puritanical mentality and moved to Phoenix, Arizona in 1986. Holy shit. Okay. The move didn't last long because, as it turns out, Phoenix was far more Republican than Aberdeen. Mm, yeah. It still is. Yeah. Mm, yeah yeah after moving back they doubled down on their political beliefs and also became vegetarians good for them Chris also became serious about starting a band with kurt finally after he finally listened to a tape of songs by kurt's former band called fecal matter
0: <laughs>
1: poop <laughs> poop. Ha, poop.
0: poop poop jokes poop jokes <laughs> <laughs> can we just have a well, band
1: called poop jokes we could <laughs> all right i mean it won over. And he agreed to play bass in a new band. And now they just needed a drummer. The first drummer they wrangled was Aaron Burkhard, a stoner and slacker that mooched off his girlfriend's welfare checks. Aaron wasn't exactly married to the idea of being in a band that actually practiced.
0: They so pl- wait a minute. Kurt's already pretty lazy. Yeah. This guy's lazier than Kurt.
1: Yeah. And Kurt honestly to be the rock bottom. And honestly, Chris Christ is probably like... What they were striving to be, oh. which is he would have the most stable job for a while, but then he'd like get fired or something. Something Aww. would happen.
0: Such a little band of misfits. <laughs> so Love cute. So cute. Like, you know, when you're like 17, 18. Yeah, exactly. 36, I'm like, bitch, get your life together.
1: Yeah. I'm, I can't deal with this shit. No. Fucking get it together.
0: They were fortunately at the age where they didn't have to.
1: Yeah. They played their first gig at a house party in Olympia. And they described it as a yuppie party that had Michelob, the good beer. Oh, my, my God. God. Yeah. What? <laughs> was it the high life? I don't know if the high life existed back then. It was just straight Michelob. What? It wasn't I'm even sorry. the champagne of beers at that point. I'm sorry.
0: That what? was the good
1: beer? That was the good oh, beer. What? It wasn't Budweiser. It was the good beer. Yeah. Fucking take that shit to your grave. Wow. We live in good times, guys. We're spoiled. We are
0: fucking spoiled. This is why
1: we have alcohol problems because alcohol is actually delicious now.
0: Yeah. Yo, you remember like when we were like 22 and we thought Blue Moon was bougie? Right? Or like Goose Island was actually like
1: an independent brewery. It was a craft
0: independent brewery.
1: Boy, will we walk. (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, boy. You won't believe what happens.
0: Oh, my God. All right. So Miller is just the regular Miller. Not even the High Life. No, this is.
1: Oh, wait. No, this is Michelob, not Miller. It's Michelob. Oh, I'm sorry. Michelob is the good beer.
0: Mickey lights were what I used to drink in college because I could spend a dollar and quarters to get a draft. Exactly. Oh, my God.
1: That's the good beer. (laughs) It
0: was the good beer. (gasps)
1: It was the good beer. Yeah. 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 Wow. Anyway. That came full circle. Yeah. All right. So this yuppie party, where they drank the good beer, <laughs> they promptly terrified everyone there by trashing the place and Chris covering covering himself in fake blood. Oh, that's... Huh. And, like, jumping out a window and, like, terrorizing everybody. <laughs> good for them. That sounds fun. Hey, get your name out there any way you can, man. <laughs>
0: All publicity is good publicity, <laughs> exactly.
1: man. Exactly. They continued to play shows to paltry audiences who didn't really know what to do with them. They couldn't figure out who this band was. Were they punk? Were they metal? They were just Nirvana. A name that came, a name that Kurt finally settled on after going through ones like Skid Row, Mm -hmm. Bliss, Mm -hmm. like the beer we're drinking. Yeah. Throat Oyster, Ted Ed Fred, and Pen Cap Chew.
0: What?
1: I like Ted Ed Fred. Pen Cap Chew? Yeah, like you're chewing on a Pen Cap. Oh, Pen Cap Chew. Yeah. He chose it because he wanted something that sounded peaceful in comparison to the raucous and raunchy music they made. Huh.
0: All right. That works. Sure. And who knew he was right on the money with that one?
1: Yeah. Yeah. As usual, home matters for the boys were up in the air. Kurt had been evicted from his house for not paying his rent. Yeah. And Chris and Shelley had moved to Tacoma. Kurt had sa- had a safety net in the form of his girlfriend, Tracy Miranda. He moved into her tiny apartment in Olympia, a cute little college town that seemed far more progressive than Aberdeen. Yeah. I feel I've never been to Olympia, but I feel like it's East Coast, like East Coast sister city would be Northampton, Massachusetts. Oh, OK. That's. How I, I When I think Olympia, I think of Northampton. Interesting. If someone's been to both, let us know. Yeah, tell us how they compare. Yeah. I'm sure Olympia is probably bigger than Northampton. Oh, but... I'm sure.
0: Northampton. Yeah. Noho is pretty tiny. It's tiny, tiny. But it is very sweet. It's one of the few
1: places in Massachusetts. I'm like, no, this is cool. You guys are cool. Tracy put 100% of her support behind Kurt and his music. Hmm. While Kurt was super ambitious about his music and art, he was completely uninterested in working a real job. Yeah. Tracy supported the two financially while Kurt spent his days holed up in their apartment writing songs and painting. Hmm. Yeah. And Hmm. while it sounds like Tracy may have let Kurt walk all over her while he did nothing all day, I kind of feel like she saw the value in his creativity and wanted to let him nurture it. Yeah. Yeah. He was able to do that while they were together, and without Tracy, Kurt may not have been able to become the creative genius he was.
0: Props to the ladies.
1: Props to the ladies, for real, with Tracy. Like,
0: who will fucking be like, all right, I'm going to fucking bust my ass so you can do your dream.
1: Also, I think there was a bit of manipulation on Kurt's part, because- Oh, I'm sure. Anytime she was like, you need to get a job and help out around here, he was like- no, what about my creative genius? You know, <sighs> not not in those do? words.
0: What am I gonna do? I mean, I'm an artist. What else can I do with you my can't time? Stifle my creativity, Tracy. Look, he's an Aquarius Pisces cusp, indeed. And as a Pisces, we do
1: have an ability to manipulate. Yeah, and I'm gonna say he probably used it. He was also. Incredibly affected by criticism. Oh, oh yeah, no, we don't In take criticism a, well like, at He could not take criticism no. well at all, and he was constantly worried about what people would think oh, yeah. of the shit that he put out there. Oh yeah. And I was like, This motherfucker's such a pisces. <laughs> Shots fired. Fuck. Yeah, he really is. While he was essentially a recluse in Olympia, he still ventured out to parties and shows. He also continued taking drugs, experimenting with speed, and smoking pot, but his favorites were opiates, of course. Yeah, that sounds right. He tried heroin a couple more times, unbeknownst to Tracy, but mainly stuck to codeine and Vicodin.
0: Okay. If you have to, I guess. I took Vicodin once for a migraine, which I didn't have to, but someone gave it to me. I took it. And I hated the way it made me feel.
1: I don't think I would like that, like... It's not... I don't, I don't like it. It's like, a not weird... being in control, I guess? It's
0: not even just, like, not being in control. It's like it's like a dreamlike state when you're awake. And some people are into that. I'm not. Oh, I don't
1: like... no, no. No, I want to be fully cognizant. Yeah. Unless I am asleep. It's not great. I I don't like like it. Around the same time as when Kurt's infamous stomach issue started, Mm. the pain mainly manifested when he ate and he described it as an extreme burning. He Mm. went to doctors and specialists, but they provided no answers or relief, so he self medicated with street drugs. That that's guys, guys. Self medicating like I get it. I get
0: it. You're in pain. Doctors can't figure shit out. Doctors are annoying. I get it.
1: But that's why you go to 500 fucking doctors like before somebody... Like, self-medicating?
0: Not your answer. That's not what Never you should Never the do. answer.
1: And I, I think he only went to, like, two specialists who were like, yeah, we can't figure it out. So that's when you keep bugging your fucking doctor and saying, no, there is something wrong with this and you need to do all of these tests until I'm fucking satisfied with it. Right. But at the same time, I get it. He probably didn't have health insurance... But at the same time... It
0: was the 80s. They didn't know it was, shit. It was the they 80s. They still don't know shit.
1: But I kind of feel like it would probably be cheaper just to pay for your own health insurance than it would just to get drugs off the street. Yeah, probably. In the 80s, maybe. 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 Especially when you don't have a fucking job. <laughs> yep. Anyway. There you go. <laughs> Meanwhile, Kurt and Christ lost touch with Aaron after uh-huh. they moved because he was an hour away in Aberdeen. They got Dale Crover, drummer for the Melvins, to fill in long enough to record a demo at Reciprocal Recording in Seattle on January 23rd,
0: 1988. Nice.
1: Although he denied it, everyone else agreed that Kurt picked Reciprocal because Soundgarden had just recorded their Screaming Life EP there, and Kurt absolutely loved that record.
0: But so what? Yeah, good for him. He likes something. He's like, that sounds great. I'm going to go there, too. But
1: that was his thing. Like, he just couldn't... He couldn't agree that, yeah, he likes something. Yeah. He couldn't agree that, yeah, he was influenced by Led Zeppelin and Aerosmith. He couldn't, he just could not say that, yes, these things were true. Well, that's the
0: Aquarius in him. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's the Aquarius in him. Jack and Dino recorded the demo and gave it to his friend Jonathan Poneman, who had just released that same Soundgarden EP on Sub Pop, a Seattle-based indie label that he started with Bruce Pavitt. No one really knew what to do with the record or really how to categorize the music on it, but they knew they liked it. Sub Pop was one of the most popular DIY indie record labels that has ever existed Hmm. and is credited with bringing grunge to the mainstream. But in 1988, it was barely even fledgling. Hmm. It started out as a music zine and had only released a couple compilation albums before releasing Soundgarden's EP. Oh, shit. So, it was that's baby. Super baby by the time Nirvana came around. That's a fetus. Is yeah. It's like a zygote.
0: At, at that this point, point like maybe it's like third trimester. Maybe. Maybe.
1: About to give birth, but they don't know what the fuck they're doing.
0: Right. Well, third trim fourth <laughs> trimester is the birth one. Is it? Yeah, there's four trimesters. Fourth would be about to give birth. I don't birth. know.
1: I've never had a baby, so I don't know. I, I mean, know. I just
0: know people who had babies. Word on the street okay. is the fourth one, and they have a baby. I don't know. The point wait,
1: is- no, wait, no, there aren't four trimesters. It's aren't a there? trimester. There's only three.
0: Ah! <laughs> Fucking no babies. Wow. Ah. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Rock Candy Podcast. We're going to listen to two women who have no interest in having children talk about having children. You're hey, guys, welcome. there's four trimesters. <laughs> <Ba-da-da-da-da-da>. uh. <laughs> Fuck. All right. I'm going to. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, anyway. Math. All right. Yes. Third trimester, Third about to tri- birth. Like, Nirvana's very the baby. fledgling little baby company. And yeah. they're like, all right, Nirvana, EP, let's go. Let's
1: gestate this shit.
0: Oh, they're about to crown motherfuckers. <laughs> I got that one right, I think. There you go. All right. Crowning that's what babies are. Yeah.
1: Baby. Babies. Babies. 400 babies. All right. Anyway, Subhub really wanted Nirvana to make a record for them, but the band would go through some more drummer changes before that could happen. Oh. Dale Crover moved to San Francisco and was replaced by Dave Foster. Dave got thrown in jail for beating up the son of the mayor of a nearby town. What? (laughs) So Kurt and Chris called old friend Aaron Burkhardt to replace Dave, which he gladly accepted. But then was fired before their first practice because he was too hungover to play. Wow. Hold up. When Kurt and Chris are firing you, you fucked yeah. up. When you're lazier than Kurt and Chris, something's wrong. Something's wrong, then. Something's wrong. Finally, they found a guy named Chad Channing to complete the trio. Chad. Chad Channing.
0: <laughs> the alliteration Chad. is just
1: fantastic. It's, it's great. Chad fit in with Curtin and Christ more than the other drummers did. He was an outcast, was put on Ritalin as a kid, and came back came from a broken home. All hopes of being a soccer star went out the window after shattering his thigh bone in a gym accident in high school. During the seven years of grueling rehab.
0: Oh my he, god. Yeah, seven
1: fucking years, man. What the fuck did you do? He basically obliterated his thigh. Yeah. Oh my god. How do you even put god. that back together? Anyway, during the seven years of rehab, he learned to play various instruments, but he'd missed so much school that he didn't see the sense in getting his diploma, and like fair. Kurt, he dropped out his senior year. Eh, fair. Now he was a stoner and a partier working menial jobs to get by. He was playing drums in a band called Squid Row. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> oh. 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 When Kurt and Chris asked him to drum for them, <laughs> Chad became the first Nirvana drummer to actually be as dedicated to the band as Kurt and Chris were. Which, guys, that's it's not, not that, hard. that hard. No, it actually was because Kurt didn't give a shit about working an actual job and he was lazy as fuck, but when it came to the band... He was super fucking serious about it. He okay. wanted them to practice five days a week. Good for him. For hours. Fucking good. All right. Great. And when you don't have a job, you can do that. Yep. Yeah. All right. You know what? Kudos. The first recording Nirvana made for Sub Pop was a cover of the song Love Buzz, originally done by oh. a Dutch band called Shocking Blue.
0: I did not realize that was a cover. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense now.
1: Shocking Blue originally did the song Venus too. Mm -hmm. which was made popular in the 80s by Bananarama.
0: They're your Venus.
1: They're your fire. Your desire. Indeed. Mm. Yeah, Love Buzz is a cover. That makes so much sense. And at first, Kurt didn't want to do the song. That also makes sense. (laughs) But Chris was super obsessed with it and eventually convinced Kurt to try it out. He turned it into something great Dirtying up the song considerably, complete with silly vocals, sludgy guitars, and lots of audio fuzz.
0: Yep, that explains the song 100%. I like having context
1: to this now. It was all Chris's fault. Good job, Chris. Sub Pop only released a 1,000 copies of the single, but it got decent radio airplay and expanded Nirvana's fan base. All of a sudden, people started packing their shows. Now it was time to record a full-length album. Fuck Yeah! Recording started on December 24th, 1988, and spanned a grand total of 30 hours over the course of a few days. Hmm, The bill came to $606.17. Still not bad. Which doesn't seem like much to us now, but in 1988, that was more than anyone in the band could afford. Oh, I have no doubt. Yeah. At all. Chad's childhood friend, Jason Everman, put up the cash, and honestly, that kind of bought him a spot in the band. Oh. Kurt found out Jason could play guitar and offered him the gig, since he realized he himself couldn't sing and play guitar at the same time very well. That shit is hard. It is hard, especially when you're not, like, a super well-practiced guitar player, and you're essentially just kind of playing punk songs. Yeah. So... Even though Jason didn't play on the album, he did get a credit and he appears on the cover. Again, because I think he pretty much bought it. He did. He kind of
0: bought it. Good for you, Jason.
1: But yeah, I don't think a lot of people realize that on the first on their first album cover,
0: there's four
1: dudes in it.
0: I didn't realize that.
1: Yeah, there's four. Well, it's, it's oh, a weird three.
0: cover. Like, it's kind of hard to see exactly what's going yeah. on. Yeah,
1: yeah. While on a short West Coast tour, the band bummed around San Francisco before their show. They noticed there were a lot of AIDS awareness going on, with billboards telling drug users to bleach your works or bleach their needles. Yeah. They decided Bleach would be a great name for their album. And so Bleach was released on June 15th, 1989. So that's where the name of the album comes from? Yes. That's bananas. Bleaching your drug paraphernalia.
0: I just figured it was like it sounded real punked, like bleach man, yeah, or like bleach your hair. It's like, or like no. bleach your
1: clothes. No, it's bleach your drug paraphernalia so you don't get AIDS. Fuck. <laughs> How? Wow. Late eighties, there... early nineties, is that? That's pretty late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. yeah. But bleach was released on June fifteenth, nineteen eighty nine, but the band wasn't satisfied with it. Kurt said he felt pressured by sub pop to have a more rock sound than the label f- that the label favored so he actively suppressed the lighter and more artsy new wavy sound he preferred. Huh. He wanted it to sound like Surfer Rosa by the Pixies, which came out soon after Bleach. Most of the lyrics were written in the car on the way to the studio and often reflected how pissed off Kurt was at the Sub Pop guys. That's funny. Even the album artwork was a point of contention between the label and the band. Eventually, the band went out using a negative copy of a photo that Tracy took at one of their shows. It also debuted the Nirvana logo, the name of the band in Bodoni Extra Bold Condensed Font, mm. with accidental extra spaces on either side of the V. Huh. And that's why Bodoni looks so familiar to you. Yeah, indeed. Hmm. <laughs> it wasn't until after Bleach was released that Nirvana signed a contract with Sub Pop. After that, they finally went on a U.S. tour. They only made enough money at each show to cover gas, food, and of course, drugs and booze. Well, you know. Because you that's the priority before food. Like
0: a place to sleep?
1: No, it's... you can sleep in the van. Oh,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. You're right, you're right.
1: If you get drunk enough, you can sleep anywhere. It doesn't matter.
0: You're right about that, too. Yeah. I've done
1: it. It became apparent that Christ was drinking way too much. Oh, no. And was a really destructive drunk oh no all six foot seven of him was goofy as fuck and had no concept of space or balance or anything when he got drunk
0: i know that feel i'm not six seven but i also understand that feel of just like your balance is gone when you're drunk yeah
1: yeah i've had moments like that too and i'm short yeah but it's a it's a bad feeling
0: so it's six seven i can't even imagine
1: yeah but despite all that somehow they didn't see it as a problem just yet Yeah, that also seems about right. Though they were playing small clubs and staying in the spare rooms of any friends that would have them, the tour went great, except for when it came to Jason Everman. Towards the end of the tour, they realized Jason wasn't fitting in with the band and fired him, unexpectedly ending the tour early. Other than that, this was exactly what Kurt wanted, to be able to support himself with his band and nothing more. But soon enough, he'd get much much more than he bargained for with dire consequences. And that's where we're going to end it for this episode. Ooh,
0: that's a cliffhanger.
1: Indeed. Oh, I mean, guys,
0: we know where this goes, but I still. Mean,
1: shit's going to blow the fuck up. Yeah. Like way more than anybody wanted.
0: Kurt's just like, I'm having a good time. Yeah. I'm on tour. Fuck you, Jason. You just don't work. Sorry, bro. Get the it's fuck like, out of here! I'm just happy, torn with my friends, doing a little drugs, doing a little drinking, sing a lot of
1: music. And what if could things, possibly go wrong? If things just fucking stayed like that, ah, oh, it would have been perfect. Yeah, the places they could have gone. Well, I mean, they went to all the places after this, but like he would he the places uh, they would not have gone. Yeah, the places they would not have gone. This is a this...
0: situation of the places they could have not gone and it would have been fine.
1: It would have made everything a little bit better. Would
0: have made all the difference.
1: Yeah. But that's not what we're
0: getting. Yeah, you guys know what we're getting. You guys know where we're going with this. Everyone knows where we're
1: going. We should have known this was going to be some bullshit. Guys, get ready for some <laughs> bullshit. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Come back next week. Yeah. That was just Nirvana
0: part one. Come back
1: next week for the two towers of the Nirvana story. Oh, my God. This (laughs) is
0: the Lord of the Rings trilogy of Nirvana. But it's not going to have the epilogue that you want it to have.
1: Yeah. Nobody's going to uh, the Grey Havens after this. No. Except maybe Dave Grohl. Maybe. Maybe. The Foo Fighters might be the Grey Havens. All right. (laughs) That's fine. We'll
0: see. We'll see where this goes. We'll see if we can keep this analogy up. This in the Twilight. <laughs> we'll see if we can keep Lord of the Rings and Twilight just going through this entire series. <laughs> or who knows? Yeah. We'll forget it next week. I don't know. We drink while we podcast, so who knows where this goes? Yeah. That's so why you guys come along every week because you don't know where we're gonna go with this shit. We don't know where we're gonna go half the time.
1: I mean, we usually try to make it into Lord of the Rings. So yeah, it's we'll we'll get there.
0: We always
1: get those parallels
0: going. Yeah. Somebody's always. Gandalf.
1: Somebody's always Gandalf.
0: Sam, Somebody's always Gandalf.
1: Yeah.
0: Every time. But yeah, if you guys are digging what you're hearing, go ahead and visit our website, rockcandypodcast.com. You can go to our backlog, because we got 99 other fucking episodes <laughs> of music, Indeed. stories, and tales from the world that Ninth- you
1: want to hear. Ninety nine episodes, and they're all bitches.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every one of
1: them. Every is one a of hot them's a bitch. Fucking
0: bitch. Got ninety nine episodes, and they're all bitches. Yep, I love it. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> and maybe you aren't super jiving on us, or maybe you are. Either way, you should visit our network because we are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. It is a fantastic group of other music podcasts where we will give you all of the Basic any rundown that you could ever want from just people who influenced music to bad albums to rock and roll hall of fame to kiss to kiss to I know. Weezer. to Weezer. I like, know literally. that we rag on both of these bands, but if you like them, there's podcasts there are on pod- the Pantheon podcast network about them, about them. And we highly suggest you go to them. Yes. Just even. Hey, we might not like something, but that doesn't mean you don't have to like it.
1: Yeah, we might not like these bands, but we like the podcast because the hosts are great, the content's great. Yeah. It's good stuff. Hey,
0: we can respect somebody who works hard. Indeed. We can respect somebody who gets Columbia House music subscriptions. That's <laughs> all that matters. I mean, like, really,
1: our, our, any our page Col- here is weird. Any Columbia House or BMG subscriber is a friend of mine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> who and Speak- my
0: dad are totally friends.
1: Speaking of subscribing... If you want to subscribe to our Patreon... You should. You should. You can go to patreon.com slash rockcandypodcast and give us that sweet, sweet money. Money, please. And you get all these bonus
0: episodes. Bonus. Last month, we had a delightfully stupid one where we gave everyone (laughs) bloopers.
1: Yeah, all of our
0: awful bloopers. If you ever wondered what we sound like when we have to edit out some
1: shit... I should go pop into that. We laughed a lot listening to them, so I hope everybody else did. Right.
0: But also, we normally will give you some music news, which is what we will get back to this month.
1: Yes, we will. For
0: sure. Also, you want to go ahead and uh, maybe leave us a nice five-star review. Tell us how great we are. New year, new you. (laughs) Be positive and tell everybody what you like about things. and Go ahead and tell us what you like about us. New year, new five-star review. Yeah. We could use some more. We like them. We We're could. down with that for sure, indeed. So, until next week, which will be more Nirvana story. Yes, it will. So buckle up for that. <laughs> Whoo! This is when shit gets real blown
1: up. We're going to Isengard, man. <laughs> We're
0: They're taking, taking s- Nirvana to Isengard. To Isengard. <laughs> we are though. We're taking Nirvana to Isengard. Yeah, we are. Oh my god! But <laughs>
1: and Courtney Love is the fucking Balrog. <laughs> is she the Balrog or is she Saruman? Oh, right. Um, probably both because Balrog's working for Saruman.
0: All right. That's fair. She's just everything. She's, everything. Every Mordor. orc that
1: ever came out of Mordor and Isengard. <laughs> it's just Courtney Love. It's all Courtney Love. They Voltron into Courtney Love oh, at the end. we're getting Courtney she's, next week, aren't we? She's the big bad boss you have to defeat oh my at the God. end. God. Every, every level. Oh, God. Yeah. And yeah, we're getting Courtney next
0: week next episode. Alright. If you like Courtney Love, don't listen in. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. don't. It's not going to be pretty.
1: Yeah, no. Yeah. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's not great.
0: But if you don't like Courtney Love, totally tune in next week. Yep. Yeah. For sure. And until then, party on, Ashley. Party on, Maggie. And party on, you crazy kids out there. Bon (laughs) appatoots. indeed (laughs) flourish the pinky
2: it's NFL draft season and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football